Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on These podcast. I am Mike DiStefano. Thank you so much for joining me uh, here as you do each and every day. And if you don't, a reminder, this podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. Hit subscribe, leave a comment, and all that good stuff. Would really, really appreciate it. Uh, being joined by Scott Wheeler of The Athletic Prospect uh, Writer, and he's he'll be covering the World Junior Championships. And I want to finally get to uh, the, the Maple Leafs prospects. So, you know, kind of the main event here for Locked on Leafs specifically. And there are three prospects Correct, three least prospects that have that have yep. officially made it: uh, Topi yep. Niemela, Roni Irvinen, and Matthew Nyes. And then also Ryan Tverberg was cut. So I'll ask you, I'll start with Ryan Tverberg since he was the guy who was cut from from Canada's roster. And I'll be honest, I was surprised somewhat to see his name. Um, the fact that he was even brought to camp. He was a seventh round pick of the Leafs in 2020. Uh, went to go and he's playing at UConn and he's having a really good season. And obviously was rewarded for it with a. a an invitation to camp, um, but you were there. You got to witness him with your own two eyes at the selection camp. Uh, what can you tell us about Deverberg um, and what exactly Leaf fans have to look forward to in this guy going forward? Well, I mean, cut or not cut, it's an incredible story. I actually, am, I just about a month ago filed the manuscript for the for my first book, and it's a book on the history of the Leafs at the NHL draft, which will kind of tell twenty oh. to twenty five stories about scouts, picks, general managers, big moments at the draft, small moments at the draft, kind of untold stories kind of thing. I better get a copy of of that book, Scott. I better get a copy of that book. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Uh, And, and one of the, anyways, one of the stories is, is about Ryan. I actually have dedicated an entire chapter in the book to Ryan and this sort of pandemic draft process that he went through and this very unlikely draft process that he went through. And I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of him and his family and where he comes from and, and all of that, but he, the Leafs actually had used all of their picks and the Leafs were the only pick in that draft or the only team in that draft that was going to take him. So he knew going into it that if the Leafs didn't draft him, he wasn't going to get drafted. And then come the seventh round, the Leafs had three picks and they'd used all of them. And he thought that his draft process was over. And then in the, dying seconds of that draft the Leafs made a swap with the Boston Bruins to trade their future seventh round pick for another seventh round pick that year and they used it to draft Ryan and ever since then he has just become this incredible story for the team and even if he never plays an NHL game where he came from and his backstory and just how far he's come it's it's a pretty special little story that's developing for the Leafs and he's been unbelievable at UConn this year he just kept working his way onto the radar with Hockey Canada who had never previously invited him to a single one of their national camps through the program of excellence Uh, and he earned it he earned it through playing consistently playing really well consistently being a two-way guy on that team despite also being its leading scorer uh, and all of that. So it's, it's, it's a nice story. I thought he was good in the first game at camp and sort of uninspiring in the second game at camp. And it was always clear that he was going to have to be good in both of those games if he was going to have a shot and that he was a bit of a long shot to make the team. Uh, but just the fact that he impressed in camp and was very noticeable on, on what was probably Canada's best line in their first game against U sports in Calgary uh, was a big deal for him and another stepping stone for him. So uh, good for him. It's, it's a nice little story that's developing. 
Absolutely. And like what's interesting about that draft, and I remember this being my main takeaway. Um, I don't remember if it was you, possibly Tony Ferrari, who I had on afterwards to chat about it, but they didn't, they like, they purposely stayed away from taking Canadians. And it was because it was during the pandemic. They weren't sure what things were going to look like the following year and how that may hurt their development. So if you look at that draft class, you have guys from the KHL, from Liga, from Russia, Finland, and they only drafted two Canadians who played from the CHL. In the fourth round, they took Will Villeneuve, uh, who plays for the Sea Dogs, and uh, of the Q, and then they took Ryan Deverberg, who they traded into the seventh round, like you said, to take him, played in the OJHL, so not even the OHL, but the OJHL. I think that's only because they figured he's going off to college, so he should be able to play at some point if the OHL, which eventually did end up happening, um, they were unable to play last year. But uh, I, I always found that to be really fascinating, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to reading that uh, that little piece in your book. There, that sounds that sounds great. And, I didn't I didn't know you were having a book actually. So this is yeah, yeah it'll be out next excited. fall. But even just to add to that, so th- you said it right there where you said they were drafted him, expecting him to play next year because of college hockey, and then he was actually committed to Harvard. And Harvard never played. They were the, the Ivy League schools were the only schools that never came back. So he actually ended up waiting and waiting and waiting. And then Harvard never came back. And then he decommitted from Harvard, took offers from new schools, and then joined UConn as a freshman, like midway through their season and had to start on the fourth line and had to figure out this team that had already been playing together for 15 games. And and just ever since then has just played well and kept working his way up on the roster. And now he's a first line player at that program. So uh, yeah, just it's been a really two, three years of uncertainty for a kid who was never a name prospect growing up was like a 15th round pick into the OHL, all of that. So uh, it's, it's a nice story. Absolutely. And uh, can't wait to read about it uh, in, in that book next fall. Uh, but he's clearly one of the now one of the, the prospects that people will be keeping their eye on in the future. Let me tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose when he feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind. Daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be. One-on-one. Uh, sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% match at stathero.com slash hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, three prospects that are going to be at the World Junior Championships that we will be watching and and keeping an eye on. So let's let's go through them one by one. Uh, Topi Nimala, who was last year's defenseman uh, of the tournament, so there's clearly sky high expectations on him going into this year, isn't there? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. He. I was just having a conversation with my colleague, uh, Josh Cloak at The Athletic, who was working on a piece on Topi, and he kind of asked me, has, has this year really changed his trajectory? Like, has this brought him from that sort of B-level prospect to that sort of Nick Robertson, Rodian Amarov tier. And I, my inclination was kind of to say, yes, like the, he's gone from being a prospect who spends a few years in the, in Liga uh, and then comes over and he probably starts an in-depth role with the Marlies and has to work his way up the Marlies and earn a spot to being the kind of guy who, whenever he decides he's done in Liga, he's going to come over. And if he doesn't get an opportunity to audition for the leaps, it's not, he's not then going to start in a depth role with the Marlies. Like he's the kind of guy who they're going to give PP one 20 minutes a night right away when he comes over and plays in the AHL. So that in itself just accelerates the process. Once he gets over to the AHL over here, because he's not going to have to spend two or three years finding himself there. He's just immediately going to be a top guy on the Marlies. I suspect so that's exciting. I mean, that that takes him into a different conversation and suddenly he's getting power play time and you're sort of building towards a future where he's a top four guy instead of a third pairing guy. Uh, and that has that's a big deal for a prospect when a prospect makes that kind of a leap. So Tuppy's going to be, I mean, he was obviously arguably the best defenseman in the tournament last year, named the best defenseman in the tournament last year. Uh, and now this year you expect him to be more of the same on that blue line. He's going to play on their first pairing. He's going to run their first power play, all of that. So uh, yeah, the big, big deal. And probably of the three prospects, the one, the one who is expected to have the biggest impact. And uh, his teammate, Roni Irvinen out in uh, Finland, also expected to, to kind of play a prominent role here for Finland. Yeah, definitely. Roni's going to play, if not, again, kind of, if not first line, then definitely second line. He's going to be a top six staple on that team. Uh, the question with Roni is whether he plays center or whether he plays the wing. He has played both. I suspect now that Atu Ratu, uh, who was expected to be one of their top six centers and can no longer make the tournament due to protocols, I suspect that that means that Ronnie is more likely to end up at center than at the wing. Uh, and that's another good thing for him. I and mean, he played wing at last year's tournament and was great, was one of their top players on that line with Casper Simon Tyvel uh, and Anton Lundell. And now I expect that him and Simon Tyvel will be reunited on the top line. And obviously Anton Lundell is playing in the NHL, but the, uh, the other two pieces of that top line for them a year ago are back. And it'll be nice to see Ronnie at center instead of on the wing. So uh, just another sort of stepping stone for him. And and he's going to need to be big if, if Finland wants to medal. I believe it was the Maple Leafs, was it the Prospect Showcase Tournament where Irvinen really put on a show this year? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This summer at the Showcase in Plymouth. I was at, it happened the same time as the Hockey Canada Showcase that took place in Calgary. So I didn't actually attend this year's Showcase in Plymouth, but... Uh, watched it on tape, and and he was arguably Finland's best forward throughout. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Uh, the the last player who we haven't discussed yet, who is who is going to be uh, at this tournament, is American Matthew Nyes. Um, what expectations do you have for the Leafs' uh, second round pick from this past draft? Big ones, big ones. I I had written heading into the the sort of process for all of this that I actually thought he was going to be the first line left wing for the USA. Now it looks like uh, Brett Berard, the returnee and New York Rangers prospect who plays with Providence and is playing on the team that the head coach Nate Lehman coaches at Providence is going to be the first line left wing for Team USA, but Mies is locked in as the second line left wing if that's the case. So uh, he's going to be a huge part of their team. Again, another guy going to be on the power play, going to be playing in an offensive role, going to be counted on to score goals. 
uh, and he's had a, a really a breakout year at Minnesota and has really become a, a early star in college hockey and maybe a little bit earlier than some people expected. I actually spoke to Garrett Raboyne, who's who's one of the assistant coaches there a couple of weeks ago and asked him over the phone about Matt. And he he said, look, I think he's one of the best stories in the NCAA this year. So uh, he's he's been great. He's a power forward and the, and the Leafs have taken a lot of slack for taking a lot of those sort of five foot, 11, six foot skill guys who play that finesse game. Uh, and Nyes is, is nothing like that. He's the traditional power forward, drop the shoulder, drive the net, get to the slot, shoots the puck really hard kind of player. So I, I think Leafs fans will really enjoy watching him at this tournament, if only because he kind of stands out in the, in the current Leafs prospect pool uh, and doesn't really look like any of the other dr- players that they've drafted in recent years. So uh, if he can turn out, he'll, he'll give the Leafs a bit of a different look in their top nine someday. Bet online has he covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive that deposit from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Yeah, he's someone who I'm I'm definitely, I would say, Nibala is probably the guy who I'm most uh, interested in, in paying attention to, and then I would say that Nice is the is the next best guy who who I'll be keeping an eye on and seeing what's going on. And it's funny, I I feel like Leafs Nation doesn't give this this scouting staff and Kyle Dubas and his staff enough credit because they, this is a team that's traded away a lot of first round picks, and there's there's large discussions about how this prospect pool is completely barren and they have nothing to show for it, but five straight first round exits. But you know what? They've done a decent job the last couple of years. Um, uh, I mean, I guess there's still time for this all to flush out, but it's seemingly over the last couple of seasons, they've made pretty good on the, on the few draft picks that they've had, haven't they? I would absolutely agree. I think they've drafted extremely well. I think they've got a very deep pool. I'm in the process of, of putting together my prospect pool rankings for 2022, which will release in January and February, kind of in a countdown at the athletic, like they do every year. And the Leafs, their depth is clear. I mean, it's crystal clear. They've got a ton of skill in their pool. They maybe don't have the star power. They don't have a Jake Sanderson. They don't have a Luke Hughes. They don't have a William Eklund uh, or a Mason McTavish. Those players who are really going to be the names at this year's tournament, for example. But they've got depth throughout at both positions. Uh, they have a couple of goalie prospects who are kind of sneakily coming along well now, uh, especially a couple of Russian goalie prospects who are kind of flying under the radar, I think. Uh, so it's 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 a good pool. They've done a good job with it. And honestly, I think it would be in even better shape if were it not for kind of injuries and circumstances which have begun to play a negative role in some of their players. I mean, Nick Robertson is in a completely different spot today yeah. if he hasn't been injured for the better part of the last two seasons and even that last season in Peterborough I don't think the Leafs even get to draft him in the second round if he's not playing through that year uh, with a wrist injury and a rib injury so uh, he's just it's sad because I I think he's still going to be an NHL player but I'm not sure he's going to be the one that he was capable of being after all that he's lost but between him and Rodian Amarov who 
had just had very serious injury this fall and then hasn't played at all uh, with his club team in the KHL since those guys, if, if they had a, a sort of more linear development path than they've had, the Leafs pool would look even better than it does. So right. uh, I think they're going to get several NHLers out of this current pool. We've got guys like Nick Abruzzese, who is starring at Harvard, and just kind of some players who fly under the radar a bit. And then obviously Toppy and, and Nyes and, and Ronnie, who we're going to see at the tournament this year. So uh, it, it's a good group. It's, it's not a sort of top 10 group in the NHL, but it's uh, definitely an above average one. Well, and the biggest difference between the the groups that have those Jake Sandersons or the ones that have those top players, Owen Powers and whatnot, they don't have Austin Matthews. They don't have Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. They don't have those players that are on the current roster. The Leafs are just looking for those supplemental guys, and, and hopefully um, you know, these prospects that are going to be here at this tournament uh, and at future tournaments or, or ones you know like uh, Nick Robertson or like uh, Rodion Amirov kind of get healthy and, and, you know, help this team build out that depth over the next uh, next little bit here. Uh, Scott, as always, I really appreciate the insight. I know the listeners do as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, and enjoy your holidays, and uh, enjoy the World Juniors. Cheers, man. Back at you. Can't wait for the tournament. There he is. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Actually, Scott, before I let you go, what uh, what are you working on at The Athletic? I know you're pumping out a bunch of content here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, it's sort of preparing stories for the World Juniors. I've got about 10 stories where I've either spoken to the kids one-on-one or spoken to the people around them that I'm preparing to tell throughout the World Juniors. That's kind of my thing. I try to sort of do a bunch of features and time them and get the legwork done in advance so that when the tournament comes, I can capitalize and and tell some really big sort of in-depth stories on some of these kids. So those will be rolling out regularly. Uh, And then once I'm in, once I'm in town, I'll be doing my preparation for my sort of giant notebook that I release at the end of the tournament, which has notes on basically every drafted player. So uh, I'll just be sitting in the rink every day, taking notes. That's, that's kind of the gig. Well, I can't wait to read it. I always enjoy reading your work. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Go get a subscription. It's super cheap at the end of the day for the quality of journalism that you're getting. Uh, Scott, really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks, man. All right, so there you have it. If you missed yesterday's podcast, that was part one of this, which was a Team Canada and an overall outlook of the tournament, overall preview of the tournament, and then today's podcast, we focus a little bit more on the three uh, players that are going to be in the tournament, as well as Ryan Tverberg, uh, someone who was at Canada's camp, cut, but seems like uh, a nice little draft gem for Kyle Dubas, uh, you know, last season in, in, the, in the wonky, weird 2020 draft. But uh, always love chatting with Scott, such a, a very, very intelligent mind and, and great when it comes to prospects. He's, you know, he covers these guys since they're quite literally, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. So he's he's got more eyeballs on these guys than, uh, than most people out there walking the earth so always great to have him chat uh, come on and chat and I'm excited for the World Juniors I am really excited uh, I wasn't sure if the World Juniors was going to happen but you know as of now I would say as of now it seems like they're going to and the the pre-tournament schedule got altered a little bit um, just one game a piece but Canada's 
first game does go down tonight. Uh, so it will be played today. They're taking on the Czech Republic at 7 o'clock. And all World Juniors coverage will be available on uh, on TSN. So um, they're the official provider, sponsors, uh, or network provider of uh, the IIHF. Uh, but that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. And I believe this is going to be the last uh, episode we have before Christmas this weekend. Uh, won't be one for, for Christmas Eve tomorrow. So, um, you know, we'll we'll kind of put a, put a bow on things and wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. And we'll speak to you again uh, when, when things continue because it's, you know, it's very fluid situation of what's going on in the NHL. Hopefully uh, the games that Toronto's expected to play as of now on December 27th against Columbus will not be postponed and we'll have some more hockey talk to kind of get to uh, after after the holiday. Um, but again, super fluid situation and I'm sure we won't really figure that out until uh, teams get back into into the buildings on uh, on the 26th but that's gonna do it for me here today on the pod I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to Locked On Leafs uh, on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck follow the show at Locked On Leafs follow Scott at Scott C. Wheeler on Twitter make sure again they do subscribe to The Athletic it's uh, it's a tremendous piece of of information um uh, great articles great writers you know a, a quick 50 bucks for the year subscription is more 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 than worth it uh, in my opinion but like i said enjoy uh the games enjoy your holidays your family gatherings be safe first and foremost uh everybody be safe stay healthy merry christmas uh happy holidays and we'll catch you uh after the Christmas break uh, when we return. I think next Monday or Tuesday will be the next time that uh, that I put out a podcast and chat with you guys. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.